Cheryl Kay, host of Situation Fluxus on WGXC, 90.7 FM, listener-supported radio for open ears in upstate New York. The show is a weekly one-hour program focused on jazz and improvised music, news, radio, conversations, and more that airs on Thursdays at 10 a.m. and Fridays at 4 a.m. To contact us about Situation Fluxus, thejazzdisturbance at gmail.com or info at wgxc.org. Keep tuned in to 90.7 FM, wavefarm.org slash listen, tune in, and on the Wave Farm Radio app on your smartphone. Our website is wgxc.org. Wave Farm programs are made possible in part by the New York State Council on the Arts, with the support of the New York State Legislature, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, the Greene County Legislature through the County Initiative Program, administered in Greene County by CREATE, the Alexander and Marjorie Hover Foundation, the T. Backer Fund, the Joseph Family Charitable Trust, and hundreds of other generous individual donors, including WGXE's sustaining supporters, who provide critical monthly support to Wave Farms radio station WGXE 90.7 FM. Thank you. WGXE is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Marcus DeGrazia Acupuncture of Austerlitz, New York. WGXE's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXE as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Greene and Columbia counties. Become a WGXE sustaining supporter today. Go to WGXE.org and click donate. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Here we are on this exceedingly chilly Tuesday night. It's very cold. I hope that you're cozy inside your car or listening to the radio at home through a, a radio or the internet. This is a twice monthly show where myself and Jenny talk about movies. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. I'm Jenny. Hi, it's me. <laughs> I'm here too. <laughs> Together, we are here in this cold, cold environment. So cold. Uh, usually we pick a theme and they range from uh, themes that you've heard of before to very weird. Um, but <laughs> but tonight we uh, once again are, pick the theme, if you can call it that, just simply what we've been watching lately. Let's take the load off. It's the holidays or just it's the precipice of the holidays, which is maybe more stressful than the holidays. So. Yeah, there's a big bag of movies and you're just reaching in and pulling out whatever it, your hand just can grasp anything at all, whatever, any movie, please. I just want to watch something. Just literally any moving pictures at all. Uh, <laughs> I got my booster shot this week and I could not watch a thing. I slept while I listened to some movies being watched by someone else. So I can tell you what the movie The Wind sounds like. Oh, I really like The Wind. It, it's, <laughs> it sounded good and scary and upsetting. Yeah. 
I mean, also, I mean, just saying also, like, I listened to the wind is in its, <laughs> is in itself <laughs> startling. And I'm like, are you okay? But I do know that the wind is a movie and it's a movie that I quite like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll have to actually watch it um, and listen to it while looking at it. Yeah. I, I think look that forward helps. to that. So normally I, well, actually, you know what, before I even ask you what you've been watching lately, which is the whole show tonight, we got to tell all the good people out there what's playing in the movie theaters here locally in the Hudson Catskill region. Um, I can tell you what's playing at the Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York. Um, And it looks right now like their showtimes are for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And currently they have playing House of Gucci, Encanto, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. So two movies that are fun for the whole family and House of Gucci, which looks pretty fun. Looks like a fun, true story. Totally. Uh, I am here to tell you about what's playing at the Crandall in Chatham, uh, which you can find more specific showtimes at crandalltheater.org. Uh, which is theater spelled the fun way with an R-E. So for, this is just kind of broadly the last week of November and the first week of December, they are playing the documentary Julia, which is about Julia Childs, which looks really sweet. I would like to see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are playing Last Night in Soho. Uh, They're doing a special uh, viewing of the Polar Express. Oh, Uh, They've got Spencer there. They have King Richard, which is the documentary about the Williams sisters, which also looks great. Uh, and they also have Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, the uh, not, but unfortunately, the animated one from a couple of years ago, not the not the, not the 60s or the early 2000s ones, which we are much more familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Dang it. Yeah, well, it's a shame, but you know, maybe it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It's, they've got a lot going on. So check that out. Uh, I'm really psyched to see some of these movies. So you know, head, head out there myself soon. Yeah. Um, I've never been to the Crandall. I'm very curious. And I realized I forgot to tell everybody where you can find more information about what's playing at the Wyndham theater. Uh, that is just simply at WyndhamTheater.com. W-I-N-D-H-A-M. And then next, I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the brand new Upstate Films location in Saugerties, the Orpheum Theater. Uh, It just opened earlier this month, and I'm very excited to visit myself. So for Wednesday, tomorrow, we have King Richard, Ghostbusters Afterlife, The French Dispatch, and Spencer. And it looks like some collection of those movies is playing basically through Wednesday, Thursday, and then things start to switch up forecast looking a little different on Friday. We get the power of the dog and house of Gucci joining the crew. So check out more about what's playing at the Orpheum theater, as well as the upstate films theater in Rhinebeck at upstatefilms.org. I am really psyched to see the power of the dog. Also, I would really like to see that. I heard it's great. I can't remember what it's about. I don't fully know what it's about, but it's Jane Campion's uh, newest movie. And the last movie she directed was Bright Star, which came out in 2000 and like oh, seven, yeah, maybe. I saw that in the theater. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. She's done some shows, but she hasn't done a movie since then. And I really like her. Uh, and I heard it's really great. And it's like a, a movie that Benedict Cumberbatch is in where he like gets to actually act like a bad person. It's like, what a, oh, that's right. Fin- finally, <laughs> a use of your skills in a way that makes a little more sense. Yeah. It's a Western and he's a bad guy. Yeah. I heard it's, I heard it's good. I really, I'm, I'm interested in going. So maybe I will also head over to the, uh, the Orpheum theater in Socrates. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, do you have any more theaters to talk about? Um, I'll give you just a light, a light sprinkling of what's happening in Red Hook, which is the Lyceum Theater, uh, which you can find more information at uh, greatmovieslowerprices.com slash Lyceum hyphen cinemas or Google it. (laughs) Uh, Starting this week, we are going to have Encanto. Uh, We're going to have House of Gucci. Uh, There's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Eternals is still hanging out there. Uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog and King Richard. So any of those bigger movies that you want to see, head on over. 
Nice. We got a similar lineup in Hudson on Fairview Avenue at the Spotlight Cinemas. We have Resident Evil colon Welcome to Raccoon City. Another one, folks. Uh, House of Gucci, King Richard, The French Dispatch, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Antlers, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Encanto, Dune, Eternals, and still Venom, colon, Let There Be Carnage. Yes, it's not too late to go see Venom, (laughs) Let There Be Carnage. It is not too late. So that, again, is at the movie theater on Fairview Avenue in Hudson, Spotlight Cinemas. And you can find that information at spotlightcinemas.com. So that's our little check-in and roundup for um, what's playing in the theaters this week in our area. It's kind of always fun to see a movie with your family after Thanksgiving or whatever celebration. Um, I went to go see No Country for Old Men in the theater after my Thanksgiving dinner one year and everyone, everyone in my family hated it. Oh no! <laughs> I loved it obviously because it's a very good movie, um, oh but God. it made everybody else sad. So yeah. they didn't like it. <laughs> that. I mean, that checks out. <laughs> it's always funny. Like my, uh, my sister and I always go to the movies every year on Christmas day. And it's just something that we've done for years. Um, and it's always funny when like, I mean, she and I have a very similar taste in movies, so it usually works out, but sometimes the things that are out on Christmas are not, the things that you necessarily want to see on Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so frequently we do end up going to see horror movies. Like I do very notably remember the year we went to see Black Swan, which was <laughs> delight. We both had a great time, but um, there were some other people in the theater on Christmas day who were very uncomfortable <laughs> with the contents <laughs> of Black Swan. <laughs> yeah, man. Yep. And I'll some never people, forget it. <laughs> yeah, they will never forget that Christmas. Um, <laughs> wow. Funny. Um, okay. Well, normally I would say, what have you been watching lately? And I will still say that, but we're just going to keep talking about it for the whole show. Don't expect <laughs> a theme. You won't get one. <laughs> You're not going to get one. Jenny, what have you been watching lately? Well, I'm so very glad you asked. Uh, I've gone to the movies a couple of times in the last two weeks, which has been really exciting. Um, I went to, I actually went to upstate for the first time since the pandemic began, Um, which has been really great because my mom very, very sweetly uh, got a membership for my partner and I for our anniversary this year. And so I got to go and be, and be a member, which is very exciting. Um, But the first thing I saw was Spencer, actually the movie that we talked a little bit about last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really liked it. I actually, I kind of have like a lot of thoughts about Spencer. I was really surprised by how much I've continued to think about it since I watched it. Um, If you are not familiar with it, Spencer is, it's a new movie. It just came out uh, directed by Pablo Lorraine. Uh, It is based, it takes place um, in a weekend of the life of Princess Diana uh, over Christmas, uh, basically like a, a couple years before her death. So it is very narrow in focus. Um, And something that I really like about it, it's the introduction of it is basically a a text screen that uh, says something to the effect of this is a fable of a true life story. Like it it is very clearly like setting you up to believe this is not based in reality at all, which -hmm. I think is a really important distinction because it is very unmoored from like the actual reality of these people as human people. Yeah, it's important um, to say that up front. Definitely. And I mean, and it's also very clear once the movie gets started that that is what they're doing because it's very much, it's super dreamlike. There's a lot of, uh, you know, you're in Diana's head for most of it and she is obviously not well. And so, so many scenes happen where you're like, is this, did this actually, is this actually happening right now? Or are you just imagining this because you're like fantasizing about an alternative reality that could be happening to you right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really, I liked it a lot. I thought it was like very beautifully made uh, because it is so detached from reality. It has this like melodrama to it that uh, I found really compelling and like parts of it are really funny, but also it's largely kind of just a horror movie. Like it's very like psychologically uh, unsettling, Whoa. which is really, I think a big part of that is because of the score. Uh, which is, has a bunch of kind of scary jazz in it. <laughs> um, but the score is killer. It's uh, by Johnny Greenwood, who oh, 
great. Yeah, I know. I was like, it came up in the credits and I was like, oh, of course, no wonder it sounded so good. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Greenwood, if you don't know, is a former member of the band Radiohead, but also um, has been doing like kind of like killing the game in film score lately. Totally. He did. you there were never really blood. here. There will be blood and phantom thread are like the three that always come to mind for me. Um, and so, yeah, he, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful score and like lots of like haunting, um, like horror jazz. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Greenwood. Um, but I, I really liked it. There's, it's, it's just really interesting. It's really tense. Um, definitely some of the people in my theater <laughs> did not, I don't think enjoy it, but so I wouldn't say that it's for everyone. Um, yeah. I also do want to give like a content warning. There's a, it's a lot of it is about her eating disorder. And that's part of like the horror of it is that she's in this world. That's like, I mean, she, Diana is, is being surrounded by people who are all trying to control her and she's already struggling with like this other sort of self-control so mm-hmm. it's just I mean it's just horrible <laughs> it's very yeah. intense oh my uh, gosh yeah but I I liked it a lot the cast is great I think Kristen Stewart I honestly I went in also being like I'm really just here to look at Kristen Stewart for two hours mm-hmm. and then the movie was like oh but do you want to have a good time too and I was like yeah sure yeah I uh, guess okay <laughs> yeah I guess and uh Sally Hawkins is a supporting role who I think is great I really love to see her but yeah, I really, I was like very surprised by how Oh, hello, I'm back. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, um, Zoom quit. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, so that's amazing to hear that you loved it and more than you thought you would. Yeah, I just, um, you know, I, I it, it feels very because it's so like unmoored from reality, it feels really surface. Like there's not a lot going on um, in terms of like a deeper story, but I don't, I don't know. Something about it has been sticking I think that's me. fine. I yeah. think that's fine too, because also it's such tricky territory when movies try to tackle a very real, very tragic, very recent yeah. um, event, you know, and totally. someone's life and, uh princess diana the people's princess has always been very popular ever since we she came into the public eye but um i feel like in recent years maybe it's just that a new generation has has um gained more interest in her her life and her story and so i mean just in that interest it's great in a lot of ways but it does run the risk of her story getting skewed or just like mm-hmm. kind of um I'm searching for the right word, but like exploited. And even yeah. though she's, she's not with us anymore, it's there's still damage done from that. And um, like there's a there's I just saw an article about there's a, a Princess Diana musical right yeah. now that's supposed to be just dirty, you know, like just Ooh, horrible yeah. in 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 how it um how it makes light of her very fraught life. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, the fact that it's kind of unmoored from reality, as you put it, and and maybe more dreamlike is is better. And with the warning up front, like, listen, this is kind of a It's a, it's a fable. <laughs> yeah, this is a mood piece. I, uh, yeah, I read a critique of it that uh, was pretty much coming from that perspective of, like, this is, this is a real person. Her children are real people. Like, can we please stop exploiting this woman? And I'm like, absolutely, yes. I, I think mm-hmm. that's a really valid critique also of this movie because... It is very, I mean, it's very sensational. It's like highly melodramatic in a way that I found really satisfying to watch, but I could absolutely see rubbing people the wrong way. Yeah. Um, But I think something about the specificity of it being like, okay, this is this three day period in this woman's life where she is like under this intense pressure. um, And we're just kind of going to go through a little story arc of like her being surrounded by these people and then kind of like releasing a pressure valve, uh, I found it really interesting and it didn't, it didn't feel gross to me, but I also, I can totally understand that, that not working for some people. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's worth watching if you're interested. Obviously Amanda and I are both children of the nineties. So I think we both like go into the world being like, "Mm, the princess Diana movie. I am interested. Yeah. (laughs) We love her. She was was so 
special for our generation and for many others, of course. But yeah, totally. it's, it's so it's so odd to I mean, like, the, and this isn't to say I'm uninterested in the movie. And either way, like you're saying, whether you like it or you don't, for whatever reason, it's it's complicated to tell this kind of story. It's very <laughs> complicated. Um, and not everyone is going to feel okay with it. Um, I don't think it needs to not be made, you know, like yeah, it's, I'm totally. glad that it's here and I'm excited to see it, but yeah, it's, um, it's bizarre. I can't even imagine being an actor too, like playing like Chris, like Kristen Stewart playing somebody like that. Just anybody who, any actor who tries to take on that kind of role, it's got to feel very weighty and very yeah. complicated. Totally. Yeah. Especially like, I mean, there are other characters in the movie who are real people who are still alive. And it's, I, I always think that's weird whenever like a biopic comes out and it's like, how do you do that? How do you square that circle of playing a real person who's currently alive, whether they're like involved in the project or not? It always feels like funny. Totally. Totally. <laughs> it's really weird, especially when it's something that's a, a complicated story and not just like that movie about the guy that landed the plane in the Hudson, you know? Yeah, so if only um, all biopics were about Sully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's real cut and dry. Yeah. <laughs> Straightforward. I hope he's a nice man. I don't know. Honestly, like, I don't know anything about that story at all. Like I barely remember it. I mean, I know it I was like very much an adult person when it happened, but like was not paying attention, obviously. No, I was in the phase of my adult life where I did not pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, nice. Well, I'm glad to hear all that about um, Spencer and you saw it at Upstate. I did. And um, I know in the beginning of the show, we mentioned that it's still playing in a couple theaters. So that's exciting. Yeah. I it was fun. It. Um, I ate a big a thing of popcorn which was really fun and mm. the man sitting in front of me was eating rock candy which I thought was <laughs> such a wild choice and he said he was he like held it up to the light <laughs> yeah because I I didn't notice because he was like crunching or anything I just know I was like sitting right behind him and then I just suddenly like saw his hand kind of rise up and something shiny was in it and I was like yeah. oh it's He's holding rock candy right now. Now, do they sell that at the theater? I don't think that they do. Okay, because I, I was about to say, like, is this a, like, guns don't kill people, people kill people situation where I'm like, okay, but was the theater selling the rock candy? <laughs> they set him up for failure. Yeah. I, I don't know. Honestly, I know they have candy. I keep forgetting to look for rock candy when I'm there. Yeah. But it just seems. It's a whack theater like, candy. Totally. <laughs> Like really wild. Really, like, ugh. like such a bold choice. <laughs> so weird. What, dude? Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I love it. Oh wow. Oh god. Uh, but anyway, would you? Um, can you tell me about something that you've watched recently? Yes, totally. So I, um, I haven't been to the theater since we saw Dune, <laughs> which is my first time back at the theater. Um, which I'm still thinking about because I'm still thinking about Dune, not the movie. I found it to be ultimately forgettable, but <laughs> I'm still thinking about the whole series. But that's that's for private life. This is a movie <laughs> show. Um, so I have been waiting for this movie to be available to stream for a while, and it finally became available. I watched the documentary Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror. Um, and this is finally, uh, streaming for purchase on YouTube, um, Google play, Vudu, Apple TV. Um, and it's, it's very cheap. Um, and it's great. I loved it. If you're interested in folk horror, um, I think it's always a blast to check something out, something like this out because, um, you're just going to get a long list of movies that you've never heard of to add to your list that you want to watch. Um, it is directed by a woman named Kirla Janice. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. Um, and she's Canadian. And I guess her, her kind of biggest project before this was that she wrote a book um, about like feminized mania in horror. Um, I think that's, that's what it's her book is about, but get back to me on that. Um, <laughs> but she also is the founder of a, the Miskatonic Institute of Horror Studies, which is both an in-person and 
online school for horror studies where you can watch and attend lectures um, on varying subjects within the the world of that genre. So I got really into looking up stuff about her and her little world because I think that's all very exciting. Um, but the documentary is three hours, um, which I feel like goes by fast enough when you're drinking in all that info. Because as you know, I just watched a couple, two four-hour documentaries about <laughs> 80s horror. Um, and this one, I will say, uh, I don't mind when it's that long, but it it could have um, it could have used some editing. I again, I'll have to double check this, but I think it is maybe her first documentary. I actually really don't know, and I'm so sorry that I don't. But um, it could have used some editing and some, just a little bit of condensing. Hmm. I, I, I posted about it on our Instagram dim, uh, at dim the lights with Jenny and Amanda. <laughs> I was about to say at dim the lights with Jenny and Amanda.com, but that's not what it is. <laughs> oh, maybe we should um, get that. <laughs> we probably should. Uh, and I, I posted about it just a, a glowing quick review. Cause I really kind of wanted to fangirl it mm-hmm. with Kirla <laughs> and tagged her and everything, yes. but I do, you know, I do have, um, it wasn't perfect, but ultimately, uh, still highly recommend, but, um, it, it addressed, so it had like a very, a good chunk of it that addressed, um, white fears of indigenous and black culture in, Mm. in movies, um, like things like Indian burial grounds in movies or voodoo, you know, like, yeah. Um, and you know, during that segment, they interviewed, indigenous American and black film industry people, um, which is great, but I do wish that those same film industry people were in the rest of the movie, just giving their two cents on things that didn't have to do with, um, race and representation, you know, just because they are also professionals. Um, so, but I also have no way of knowing if, like what people signed on to do when they were asked to be a part of this. So I have no idea, you know, I, I can't know if, if people only agreed, agreed to do like a part in a certain segment or whatever, but I could have, I would have liked to see, um, uh, yeah, just, just, uh, more, more for lack of a better word, diversity among (laughs) the, all of the interviews throughout the whole three hours. Um, and then also the final segment did, uh, was like folk horror now and it really kind of fizzled into just uh, a bunch of these people that they're interviewing talking about how the world sucks right now and telling me about it and I'm like listen I know and I'm <laughs> really sleepy so like can we, you know um, and it was like they talked about you know of course they talked about the newer movies that fall into this category like the witch you know mm-hmm. or even hereditary and and uh, obviously Midsommar is totally a folk horror, you know, so it, I get it as a chance to talk about these newer projects or even upcoming projects, but, um, yeah, it could have used some editing, but other than that, it was a really, really fun rundown of what folk horror is, where that term start, like when it started being used and where it came from. Um, of course, there's a big three in folk horror that gets talked about, which is a lot of it. When people think of this genre, they think of the wicker man. And then these two other movies from England, Witchfinder general and blood on Satan's claw. Mm. Um, And we often think of, yeah, English folk horror, like stone circles and druids and stuff like that. Um, But it did a great job at talking about, uh, folk horror from all sorts, like so many, so many countries. Um, and I learned about a lot of very fascinating movies. It was exciting. That sounds so great. Yeah, it was cool. I, I loved, you know, I, I've said to you before, I've always wanted to do like, um, Australian film episode. And I, I love thinking about, or the, in the Australian movies that I've seen there, there is, um, the land is a really powerful force all of its own because it's, um, it is mysterious and threatening to 
the colonizers of Australia. Totally. Um, and they said that I was like, Oh, cool. <laughs> you know, no, they, yes. they brought up all these, 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 um, yeah, these fun movies and, and things I've thought about. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I yeah. highly recommend Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched. It ain't perfect, but um, as far as a documentary to, to beef up your want to watch list, it's great. Nice. Where did you watch it? I watched it on YouTube, actually. Um, it was $3. Nice. Or may- maybe even 2 so yeah, it's oh, it's two dollars. It's less than a dollar an hour. It's less than a dollar. It's less than a cup of coffee, man. Yeah, um, <laughs> much less um, these days. I know exactly. So I'm sorry, I went on for a while no. about that. No, um, no, please. That sounds. Yeah. I mean, that sounds fascinating because it is always really interesting to see, like. I mean, you know, you and I talk about movies with our, with each other and our other friends, but it's always interesting to see like what people in the industry have to say about, you know, like a genre in particular and kind of, I don't know, like it's just, it's always interesting to kind of like get all of that information from a source of people who have been thinking about it for years. <laughs> it's Absolutely. like, I would like to know what you think about this. Right. And then it, it is exciting when you uh, you and I, people who have never been to film school, I've never, you know, I'm uneducated in the in the <laughs> subject, so to speak. But it's it's nice to realize that you know it's obviously not necessary. And like thinking about something critically, or, or you share a lot of the same ideas with these people. Ultimately, right. um, it was a really cool way to actually learn about some authors and books that I'm interested in. Cause a lot of the people they're interviewing are just theorists and authors. Right. Um, so that was, that was really exciting. Um, they talked a lot about this term called psychogeography, which is, essentially uh, a people's connection to land Mm. and because folk horror is so much about land um that was fascinating I'm writing writing that down I love Um, that psychogeography yeah um so it was it was cool nice and I was just trying to find out if I was correct about it being Kirala Janice's first movie but I think she was a producer um, yeah, it is her first feature as a director. Nice. So, yeah. Congratulations. So there's going to be a couple bumps along the way, but that sounds like a really fascinating movie. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. Jenny, tell me more about what you watched. I know you watched a lot more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am going to tell you about something that feels a little bit connected to that genre wise. Um, not in that it's a documentary, but in that it has uh, horror and the land is a big part of it. <laughs> um, I recently watched what is technically a mini series, I would say, but uh, also kind of fits into the purview of like a five hour long movie. <laughs> you know, mm. sometimes you watch a series that's actually just a long movie. <laughs> that's, yep. that's what this is. Uh, I watched The North Water. Ooh. Yeah. So you and I have talked about it very briefly. Yeah. But um, it's from 2021. It's very fresh. It's a little bit hard to find. It's streaming on AMC Plus if you have that. But I think you can also find it a couple of different places just with like either trial subscriptions or, um, you know, I think it's ad free on like the Roku channel or something. Mm-hmm. Or not ad free, sorry, free with ads. The opposite mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> uh, but so the North Water is this new series. It's five episodes. Each one is an hour long. Uh, that takes place in the 1850s. Uh, and it's about a group of men on a whaling ship that are going to the north to hunt whales. Mm. Uh, it's honestly, it's excellent. I think it's a very good show. Um, I would highly recommend it with the very strong content warning uh, that it's very violent. And there's a lot of specifically violence against animals, which I know a lot of people have a hard time with. Mm-hmm. So just put that in your pocket. If you're like, yeah. I don't really want to see people clubbing seals, probably don't want to watch the North Water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, good content warning. Often yeah. people are more sensitive to that than violence toward humans in film. So <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, it's... <laughs> The thing actually that I kept thinking about was, uh, you know, in Dune, when Josh Brolin calls the Harkonnens brutal and he goes, they're 
brutal. <laughs> That's kind of how I keep describing this movie or this show in my head. <laughs> like, it's brutal. <laughs> That's what I want. I'm excited. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I think it's an excellent show. Uh, but so it's about, it kind of has like two main characters. Mm-hmm. The primary main character is played by uh, Jack O'Connell who I'm not familiar with, but I think is it has been in some other British stuff. Um, and he plays a surgeon who has been dishonorably discharged from the military because he uh, was in India during some kind of occupational war situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find out more about that later. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. But so he, because he needs money and really needs a job, he ends up uh, basically enlisting into this whaling ship to be their ship surgeon uh so he is kind of like the character who you see everything through he isn't as familiar with this like really brutal uh trade (laughs) as everybody else on the ship is because they're all whalers so they're really used to doing really intense really violent really dangerous work uh and so he his foil is this other character played by colin farrell who has really done a huge transformation and is near unrecognizable in the show um but i mean he does a truly amazing job also both of them are great like a lot of really great actors in this show Uh, but colin farrell plays this guy named henry drax who is uh like the top whaler basically but he is like absolutely the most brutal person uh in a in a in a show of brutal people he is the most brutal uh i mean like one of the first scenes you see of him is just he just kills somebody because he wants to he's just like really intense really violent like total id bad he's he's bad (laughs) he's a bad man uh and the show follows the both of them on this whaling mission and is broadly about the ship going north having your classic uh, North Atlantic troubles when you are going mm. sailing into the frigid sea. Stuck um, in the ice. Stuck in the ice. Uh, <laughs> but there's also a like murder subplot. It's really, it feels really literary in a way that I really liked because mm. it just kind of, um, I don't know, there's like a lot of, you know, symbolism and <laughs> themes. <laughs> feels so dumb to say but you know there's some, like, I know I feel like an idiot tonight symbolism. but it's okay <laughs> you know, it's okay. a couple of, we uh don't know what we're talking about but we do know how to have a good time <laughs> listen the further I get from academia the dumber I get I and know, I was dude, dumb when I was in school yeah, so dude. listen <laughs> like look I'm kind of capable of critical analysis but only kind of like kind of I know <laughs> I said of. before I was like comparing myself to scholars in in the sub of film and was like we have the same ideas but <laughs> but we do and guess what we don't even get paid to do it we just do it for fun <laughs> you know what it's true it's true uh, um that's yeah amazing though I know I, what you mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's really it's just like uh and I think something that also is great about it like I think it's probably going to get compared a lot to the terror if it hasn't already I actually haven't really read that much about this so I don't know what people think about it I think a yeah, big, I don't either. I think and not that many funny. people have seen it because it's it's on like it was on AMC and it just kind of yeah. like dropped and disappeared. And it's a um, mini series. It's a mini, so it's like it's a quote unquote TV show, but it's only five episodes, and I don't. And it's think one and do done. More. No more. It's season. one and done. Yeah, it's based nice. on a novel. Um, it's based on a, a novel by a guy named Ian McGuire, who I think also wrote the adaptation. Okay, um, that's a good. That's good. That's why yeah. it's so literary. It's yeah. <laughs> it's on. I just think that it. Um, it is really well paced, like because it's only five episodes, the arc that it takes is really clean. Like it's just one of those when you watch something that you're like, this is tight and you did like an excellent, like just very not even clean, but just like it feels yeah. like really the correct length and the correct um just I don't know, everything about it really works well. Like it looks great. Yeah. All the actors are really great. It is very brutal and hard to watch, but it's not um no at no time does it become like gritty in the sense that like it doesn't feel senseless none of the it's violence not need- it, needless like no it's like part of the story it doesn't make you watch a lot of the things that happen <laughs> like mm-hmm. there there is a murder you don't see it happen like there's there you just kind of it's it's within this really intense brutal world the the main story is kind of about how to be a good person and like what that means because the main character is kind of trying to figure that out and he doesn't really know 
he's trying to fit in in this world that is so beyond what he was doing before. Um, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't. It, it never feels like it is brutal, but it doesn't feel like gross to me at the same time, which I think is a really hard line to walk. It is. It really is. I mean, I think that's something that so many uh, like artists of all of all mediums um, struggle with is is like including violence or sex need- needlessly yeah. or like like shock value needlessly or and sometimes it's not obviously we see we seek out certain movies because of their over the topness you know totally. but I mean I I know what you mean when you say just nice and tight and clean yeah no extra frills no extra Um, frills it feels very yeah it feels very competent and there's I will say I was gonna say I said it wasn't gross there is one because he's a ship surgeon there are a couple of surgery scenes that are really gross oh yeah (laughs) there's one late on that really I actually actively had to close my eyes which doesn't happen all that often it was very disgusting and I am very excited for you to watch it Ooh, I am very excited I also um surgery is my like gore button that I yeah. that I also have to close my eyes even for just doctor shows I'm like yeah. Ooh, okay it's gross. Ah. <laughs> um, it feels very real and I think that's part of it so you're just like oh like yeah can't do yeah. it I'm psyched uh, though because yeah, I loved I, the terror and yeah, I know it's different. I know it's, it's different. Well, that's what I think. Uh, that's what I was going to say was I think it's going to get compared a lot to the terror, but it's they're ju- they are really different in a way that I think is actually very interesting because the terror is it's longer, it's much more episodic. It is it, it takes place in the navy, so it has like this much more rigid structure, whereas the North Water is very much just about like this one man's journey. Uh, and it's much, I, it is much more movie-like, I think, because of that, because it's just these five episodes that's done, and it's like, yeah, it just, fe- it feels much more self-contained, and honestly, like, more. I love <laughs> mid-19th mm-hmm. century people suffering in the Arctic. I would I like know. to continue to I watch know. them I drop another too. one every year. <laughs> Ugh, do more. Yeah, I more, just want to see, like, these follies of man play out. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I really think you're going to like it. But that's that's the North Water, um, and again, recommended, but with a strong content warning. <laughs> yeah, Ugh, I'm excited, and it's on AMC. So you watched it streaming on AMC. I did not, but you could. <laughs> yes. Okay, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Say no more. I uh, I would not steal a car, and I would not steal a DVD, but I did not watch it on AMC streaming. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I understand. <laughs> but that's how one. But that is how one could. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Wow. And it's five episodes. Five I'm episodes. Excited. Easy. It goes down real, real smooth. I am surprised that more people, it, like it hasn't been on everyone's lips more because yeah. Colin Farrell is so very popular. Totally. He has it, become a little more of like a late career indie darling. <laughs> yeah. He's, do, he's doing that thing where he was like, okay, I'm done. And now I'm ready to do all of my, now my indie art movies. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He did, uh, he did like a, an insane body transformation for this movie. And I think I saw a quote that was like, I should I, I didn't I did it without the advisement of a doctor and I should not have done that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> I love him, even though I pretty much always hate method actors, but yeah. he's doing that now. I mean, I haven't heard heard about him sleeping in a costume, which I'm like, that's kind of where I draw the line. It's like, yeah, totally. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't think he, I mean method acting for me the thing that makes it gross is when like they involve other people in it and so if it's, if it's just him like chilling living his life doing his little method acting and I don't hear any complaints about it so that I makes know, me I think just, it's fine <laughs> it's true I do get a little pick and choosy and just like decide to hate the ones I already hate like Christian Same. Bale <laughs> it's only human <laughs> yeah and then like Vigo Mortensen gets to escape even though he well, yeah. definitely sleeps in his costumes yeah but he also adopted Hidalgo right so it's yeah fine. he did adopt the horse Hidalgo is the horse's name Hidalgo I've never seen it in yes in the movie, in the movie Hidalgo <laughs> I don't know what Vigo named the horse or what the horse was already named right <laughs> <laughs> um uh Okay, yeah. I only have one other thing to tell you about, and I'm going to keep there. it brief because no spoilers. I watched 2008's sports action comedy family movie, <laughs> Speed Racer. <laughs> yes. I'm so, oh, the sports action comedy, Speed Racer. Yes, the sport. 
this is a live, it's the Wachowski sisters live action speed racer movie. Um, it is, it's a beautiful tale. It's, uh, a story about keeping your integrity and staying true to your craft as it threatens to be corporatized. Um, it's a great so message. it's a, yeah, it's it's anti-cap, it's anti-corp. What I mean, what else? That's do I the Wachowskis for you, baby. Yeah, no, it's um, it's visually completely bananas. Um, it has, like, it. Let me just tell you, Spy Kids walked so Speed Racer could run. <laughs> oh um, my god! <laughs> it it lives in a post Spy Kids world where you can make every like you can make a live action movie. That's actually just a cartoon. Don't ask me how, but it's actually <laughs> just a cartoon. Yes. Um, the people they're not animated, but it's just a cartoon. Um, yeah. Yes. It's, you know, I get it. Like uh, the original speed racer cartoon, which is, I guess, technically an anime. I know it's a Japanese production originally, um, but uh or at least like the creatives behind it were Japanese mm-hmm. and the artists. Um, but so it, yeah, they, the way they translated it to live action is super, super colorful and silly. Um, it's really fun. I saw it in theaters in 2008 when it came out and I haven't seen it since. And I got to say, I had a great time. Oh my I God. It was so fun. I was really prepared to be not into it. And I think I wasn't into it when I saw it in theaters. Cause I was probably like moody and into like what I thought was like highbrow movies, which weren't, but, um, I think I was the wrong place in the wrong time for speed racer in my life, but now's mm-hmm. the right time. It was great. I think 2008 is a hard year to, um, be, <laughs> to be at all, but especially yeah. to be speed racer. <laughs> I know. I know exactly. I mean, like, how like the Wachowskis is that like just like you're ahead of your time always you're really ahead of your time this was really fun actually <laughs> oh um, my god I'm so yeah. excited to watch it I still haven't done it but it's yeah. it's coming for me <laughs> yep it is presently streaming on um HBO Max let me just double check uh, yes I think it you're is right H- yeah it's HBO Max um so check it out if you have that um it's got a stacked cast. I mean, we have Emil Hirsch playing Speed Racer, who looks great as Speed Racer. He's just got like a very like hairless, <laughs> pale face, much like the cartoon Speed Racer. Um, and Christina Ricci is Trixie. Oh, uh, cute. Yeah, it's very, very cute. It's very cute. There's an appearance by the actor that plays Jason Street from Friday Night Lights as Rex Racer, which is Speed Racer's older brother. And lest we forget, very exciting, we have Matthew Fox in the mix, otherwise known as Jack from Lost, um, as Racer X. Love to see him. Yeah, yeah. Where where is he now? Like, what is Matthew Fox doing now? I had to look it up, and honestly, I couldn't tell you. All I got was that, like, he's married. But I don't... (laughs) I don't know what else he's doing. The last time I saw him, he was in Bone Tomahawk. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't know. I mean, is he just resting on those lost stacks? I, I mean, sure, he deserves it. Take a take a break. Chill out. The money runs out. So I'm that's worried. True. I know. I don't, I'm like, what's what are the residuals on Lost? Yeah, <laughs> are people still know. buying Lost DVDs? Probably. I am so excited for the Lost resurgence. Like the actual... Where maybe the Zoomers, they're not going to get into it. I have to yes, they are. It's myself. totally going to happen. Lost is totally going to have its day in the sun. I think uh, it's a second day in the sun. Like how people got really, like my, me and like others got really into Twin Peaks totally. after this long over. Yeah. I, ho- I think so. I really hope so. I think so. I think Lost is forever. Well, I mean, Amanda will always be Lost. Yeah, we will always be lost. We are the lost generation, not yeah. like the World War One generation no, no. that of the same name, but Just, uh, people who were teenagers when Lost was on, and so we're Just very ABC's obsessed with lost it. generation. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. So that's it for me as far as what I've been watching lately, other than some corny TV shows. Jenny, you want to tell me about anything else? That's great. We Hey, we made it to 749 on just a couple of things. So we're doing great. I know. Clearly I'm very capable of rambling on to the air into the air. Oh no, no. I uh, please allow me <laughs> to <be> rambling. <laughs> uh, I have one other new thing to talk about and I don't have that much to say, but I'm just going to say that I watched it because I did. Uh, I went to upstate again and I saw the French dispatch this weekend, uh, yes. which is the new Wes Anderson movie. If you're not familiar, uh, it is out now a couple places so you can still go see it if you'd like. I thought it was totally fine. I didn't really have a strong emotional reaction to it. Yeah. Um, I have read a couple of good reviews and I understand why people feel positive about it. Um, it's an anthology story. So it's the French Dispatch is a subsection of a newspaper based in Kansas, <laughs> but the French Dispatch is in a town called Ennui in France, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's uh, basically four kind of five-ish, three full short stories and then an intro and an outro basically uh, that are in the style of newspaper articles and explore these vignettes happening in this little French town. Um, and they're interesting. It has an incredibly stacked cast. It has Wes Anderson's very classic uh, beautiful sets and like nice little character moments. I thought it was like totally nice to watch. I It got some chuckles out of me. Honestly, something about the anthology format didn't really work for me in terms of like yeah. the pacing and the emotional connection. I, I just didn't, I, it felt throughout the entire movie, I felt really like confused about where we were in the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, how much more is there and how much have we seen <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> you know it was one of those yeah. oh, man. Uh, and i think also just because it was you know these little vignettes it's harder to kind of feel connected to the characters and what's going on with them in the same way that i feel like i feel really warmly about his older movies because they mm -hmm. have such like an intense emotional core in addition yeah. to like being very beautiful and quirky um, and this one just didn't really have that emotional core for me personally, but yeah. you know, I think it's totally enjoyable. It's like very much playing with like the New Yorker and that kind of like gesturing towards humor instead of like to full humor, which I think <laughs> a lot of people really like. And I'm like, oh, totally God. got some laughs out of me, but for the most part, I was like, yeah, totally. Okay. 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 <laughs> sure. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the performances are great. Wes, I mean, Wes Anderson always delivers what he's going to, when he, what he tells you he will be delivering. Yeah. So. Yep. You get what it says on the box. Exactly. Um, I know. Well, so I can't speak to what actually happens in the movie, but I mean, I think once like a, as his career is kind of got, like it reached its pinnacle and on the, the downslide, I mean, he, or, you know, this latter half of his career, let's say, um, it's definitely gotten to be more about the quips mm -hmm. and the quirks and yes, like the sets are beautiful and like a lot of the jokes are cute and funny or whatever, but we're, I know we were saying the other day, like there was more of a slow pace to the older ones Yeah, and they still had like your, your obviously your heavy West aesthetics and like a similar style of humor, you know, but there were slower, they were a little, they gave more time to scenes mm -hmm. and um, a lot of really dark things happened in them too. Like I was just thinking about, yeah, like in Royal Tenenbaums, like the suicide scene mm -hmm. and like, uh, you know, people die and yeah. Um, yeah, it's, which is good for me. Like, I mean, it's, it's part of what makes uh, a movie have a lot of lot going on a lot of yeah. flavor it's like draw it's the drama of it yeah yeah and I found the French Dispatch to be it has some interesting things in it but it, yeah I think speed is actually you saying that really clarifies something for me which is that uh, there were a lot of things happening very rapidly and mm. a lot of them were jokes which was like totally fine joke comes and goes but I, I was I found myself confused during several parts of it where I was like what's happening right now because there wasn't really any like lingering mm -hmm. um and personally that is something that really works for me is like a lingering moment yeah a character or with you know an event that I 
you know, and I think that's just kind of not the mission of this particular movie, but that's also why it didn't really work for me. Exactly. I think it's totally, I mean, it is totally enjoyable. Like it's eminently watchable Mm -hmm. and like lots of very wonderful, famous people are in it. So, you know, if, if if you feel like really into that, I think it's totally worth watching. Once again, I ate a lot of popcorn and I did enjoy that (laughs) very much. Yeah, he just he got so into the quippy back and forth dialogue. Yeah. And he needs to leave room for more. Yeah. Yeah. Breathing room. Needs a little breathing room. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The old ones are so good. I know. So good. I love them. (sighs) But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Yeah. Yep. That's the old French dispatch for you. I was just going to say, I think here we are wrapping up. I I I, know. (laughs) Another hour gone by just fast as lightning. Mm -hmm. Um, Jenny, I was going to ask you a question. Oh. Because you said that you had a question for me. So I was like, oh, <laughs> dip. I got to get a question. Better right. ask a question. Better, better pop that off. All right. So ask me. <laughs> this is to do with like the Wicker Man. Oh, pretty much. Yes. Or cults having to do with my documentary that I watched. What would it take for you, Jenny, to join an almost utopian, isolated rural community? <laughs> And when I say almost, I mean they do human sacrifices. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like once a year, Ooh. nothing excessive, or maybe like once every, you know, like in Midsummer, where it's once every, I don't know, 20 years or whatever. Honestly, doesn't take much. Like I yeah. I feel like yeah. I especially when I was in my early 20s, I was probably really cult susceptible. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember like seeing descriptions of like these utopian utopian societies and being like, mm, I could move there. That sounds really great. Yeah. Now I feel like the thing that I would really need is to be able to like live in my own house as long as mm. I don't, because that's like, that's the thing that always like kicks me out now is I'm like, oh, it's a communal living space. I'm not interested. So if I can have my own apartment in the complex, in the cult complex, um, and it is a true utopian society, except for our one annual human sacrifice, I mean... Yeah. Who am I to say no? Yeah, no, I like probably would too. I mean, same, I feel the same way. I don't like the idea of communal living in one building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just really, I like to think about like, you know, would I live in M. Night Shyamalan's The Village? I probably would. By choice? Yes, I would yes. As, <laughs> as this world gets more and more effed up. <laughs> take, me, take me back to The Village. <laughs> yeah, I see why they, the, they made The Village. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> um I have a question for you but it's like completely unrelated it's just it's just a mood question so the thing that made me think of it was uh this one movie that I watched for our show has been on my mind basically constantly um but my question is what's a movie that you watched specifically for this show that like has really surprised you by sticking with you where like you think about it more than you thought that you would if anything has oh my gosh well the first thing that comes to mind I know there's been others but the first thing that comes to my mind is the Australian horror movie from the 70s long weekend (laughs) nice dude I'm really I kind of had a feeling that it would be that actually well also because I I actually just watched an Australian folk horror very recently that I loved and I can't wait to talk about it at a later date I think I'll probably Mm -hmm. wait a little while to talk about it just until we have a thematic connection. Um, so uh, Aussie movies are on the brain. Um, totally. And yeah, it's, it's, I think long weekend is from 73, but I'd have to look it up. But um, I think about it all the time. Cause when I first watched it, you know, it's, it's not a huge budget. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's 77. Um, it's kind of a slow, silly seventies movie. And so when I first finished it, I was like, oh, it was fine. It was fun, but it was goofy. And then the more that I sat with it, I thought it was just so disturbing and wonderful. Yeah, totally. (laughs) What's your answer? Mine is that movie Miracle Mile, which I think about constantly I like cannot get it out of my mind I really need to rewatch it actually I watched it for our um mass hysteria episode for those of you who might not remember but it's yeah it's this movie from the 80s that I just like 
it's on my mind literally all the time. I don't know if it's just because we're living in a time of great um, uncertainty, but mm-hmm. I'm like literally constantly thinking about Miracle Mile. And I would really like, I would like to once again recommend it. I would like other people to watch it so I can stop uh, thinking about it. I want, I really have to see it. That's on my list big time because yeah. it actually keeps popping up in different places, like things I'm reading and I'm, I'm ready. It's like, it's time. But it's anyway, time. this has been Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. You've been listening here on WGXE. Uh, And we love you.